0: Welcome everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by this is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at b1gkurt,
0: and I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We have done some form of that intro for this podcast. How many times? I'm glad
1: you brought it up. Two hundred times. This is the two hundredth episode for Eyes hey! on Big Podcast.
0: Nux, I mean, man. yeah, Nux. that's
1: a, that's an accomplishment right
0: there. I think so. Uh, yeah,
1: double century mark.
0: Yeah. Um, and we don't have to wax poetic too much on this, but when we sat right here in the Downstairs Athletic Club before it was dubbed the Downstairs Athletic Club, it was just my basement at that point.
1: Okay, well, I don't know. I think the first episode, I think we had already... Did we, did we say it so. that quick? Yeah. That was you. I
0: didn't come up with no, that. No, it didn't. was
1: me. I remember we, like, as we were kind of planning leading up to the season, we were just brainstorming. We'd throw ideas back and forth, and that was... I feel like that happened before. Okay. I thought... I don't know. I'd have to go back and check well, i sure. Well,
0: I'll say this. There <laughs> was a... Uh, once you told me what we're coming up on the 200th one... Just out of curiosity, I went way back to like, yeah. I think it was the first or one of the oh, first ones. Okay. And I was listening to it and, and Mrs. Greek was in the car and she's like, what? why does this sound so weird? Why are you guys weird? And I'm like, well, this is like one of our first podcasts.
1: So if you remember the first few episodes we did, it was done in stereo, not in mono. Okay. And it didn't, it sounded weird because you'd be on one speaker, I'd be yeah, in that's the other. Yeah, there's no way to do it. And I wasn't sure that that was right or wrong. And then I realized that every other podcast does it in mono. mono. So I changed it to mono.
0: So that was your early producing days. You live, you, you I mean, live I, and learn.
1: It was on the job training. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, all of it. Um, and then the first episode was uh, breaking down uniforms.
1: Oh, was that? Yeah, that was Pretty the first. sure. And, and, Wait, well, okay, it's the first one we recorded, but didn't we publish it after the season? After I think we published it after the first. Maybe that's what yeah, it was. I think so. Um,
0: but, and then Mrs. Greek, again, she heard us the first time we recorded, and we're like, well, the best way to record this is obviously to just get all ginned up. Right. And, and then we come to find out, <laughs> Maybe. Not exactly. Not the best way to do it. But and anyways, long story short, yeah. you know, we just started hitting record at some point and no no way in the world did we think we would have enough listeners to make it 20 episodes let alone 200 we True. literally could not do that without you people the listeners so thank you very very much we really appreciate it i remember hitting publish
1: and thinking nobody's, nobody's gonna, gonna listen, listen to this. this why did we do this and then uh, like i remember looking at the listenership after like an hour i'm like 40 people have listened this yeah, is
0: incredible that is crazy And i thought that
1: was great that we that we in the first hour we had 40
0: long story short again you you can't do this unless there's an audience there there's that will actually tie in with a theme I have ah. that we'll talk about here okay, in just good. a little bit so couple uh a uh, couple housekeeping items before we obviously get into the game so first and foremost the big news this week was that Nebraska has extended Scott Frost he will definitely coach the last two games of the year and next year into the year 2022 we believe it's a big enough story item that we're gonna hit pause on that. We're gonna move it to the back of the yeah. podcast. So we're gonna break down every game just like we normally do. But that's that's a that's not just a housekeeping item. That's almost like a like a building onto the house item. It's bigger than just it's you an know, addition. It's an addition. Yeah. So it, it, it'll have its own and a family situation. room. Maybe we'll put something out on Twitter. Or you, maybe you could put it in the description where yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. the Nebraska uh, talk starts after that. Um, I got a couple things here. Is there anything you wanted to touch on? Well, or- as
1: long as we're on Nebraska right now, I just wanted to point out one thing, because Nebraska's not playing this week, so we will not have an opportunity to talk about it, that – it turns out Adrian Martinez has been playing with a broken jaw this
0: year. Broken jaw and high, and, high, well, high and ankle the, sprain. And the
1: ankle sprain. I mean, Which we kind of knew. What a gamer.
0: That's he, impressive. Yeah. he And he, it was alluded to, like I had heard through the rumblings of Nebraska fans. Sure. You know, that yeah. you always hear everything that there was something with his jaw.
1: Someone saw him in the dorms, in the cafeteria, and he was just drinking a milkshake. And he's right. been
0: drinking milkshake. Every, he's got to have a broken jaw. That's a good point, too. As far as keeping up with your diet, would would it be tough? Like, did he li- have so, to eat okay. through a straw? I All right, know. I'll tell you a story. Here. Okay,
1: Darren Williams, who played basketball for Illinois, he was on the 2005 national runner-up team. He was known as the fat guard when, okay. he, when he showed up at Illinois. Okay. He broke his jaw at one point and lost a ton of weight, and he came back and he was the skinny guard. I mean, he have was we, always a little beefier, but
0: have we literally talked? Uh, have we spoke about this on the podcast before? Because I could have no, made we, a joke at one time, like. Could you break my jaw so I could lose some weight? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Okay.
1: But he, he lost a ton of weight. When he came back, he looked like a different player. That's
0: one way to do it, I guess. Yeah,
1: but you, not ideal for football.
0: No. Um, So next topic would be college football rankings. We're not going to spend oh, yeah. nearly as much time on this, but we have uh six Big Ten teams ranked. Number four, Ohio State. Number six, Michigan. Number seven Michigan State, Mm -hmm. which we will break down shortly, and then a run of Big Ten West teams, 18 Wisconsin, 19 Purdue, 20 Iowa. So as it turns out, there is six teams from the Big Ten in the college football rankings, six teams from the SEC in the college football rankings. So the first breakdown, the first hot topic on this is what you've seen all over Twitter. I've already heard podcasts talk about it. I don't know if we can add much more, but... They seem to have Oregon 3 and Ohio State 4. Why?
1: Because Oregon has beaten Ohio State head-to-head. Head.
0: Um, because there's nothing else I can look at on no. Oregon's resume, Resume, a.k.a. wins and losses, that would point to them having a more impressive win than Ohio State. No. And Ohio yeah. State has more college football playoff cachet, so one would think they would be in front of Oregon. But why don't why aren't they? Well, it makes sense, right? They no, it beat, makes sense. They I beat mean, Ohio State in their stadium. Here's
1: my thing: there's not a lot of criteria here, but if if you're comparing two teams that have the same record and they've played head to head, I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what the eye test says. The winner of that game should be ranked
0: ahead because the winners and losers of these football <clears throat> contests. Should mean something.
1: Well, and I'll just go back to, if they're not ahead, then why are we playing any of these games? We could save all of ourselves. So, think about the trouble. If we didn't play any of these games, We nobody would have to practice, wouldn't have to get dressed for games. People wouldn't have to come to these big stadiums. you tear stadiums down. Think about all, all you would save. I mean, well, much the, more efficient. Amount, amount of just... time, collectively, we all waste on this because the games don't matter.
0: Oh man, I've never heard anybody break it down quite like that. That was fantastic. And of course, what we are alluding to is number six Michigan, number seven Michigan State. Now the the only even so- remotely plausible argument I can give is Oregon beat Ohio State in the horseshoe, whereas Michigan had to go on the road and lost to Michigan State at like okay, you maybe get me 15 to 20 percent down the road. And then I just stop and go, Now wait a second here. No. They got the same resume. It's the same record. Michigan State beat Michigan. And here's honestly my take on this. This is getting to my theme. The reaction to the fans should matter because – and I know you were being facetious. All those things that you just talked about are why we play this yeah. sport. And, and the stadiums getting filled up and getting money from tickets and the gates and advertisers. All of that stuff matters. And I know we've said this a thousand times in this podcast, but none of that happens unless us college football right. fanatics right are are paying the money and doing this stuff
1: and pretty much it seems like it's universal everyone that i see on twitter wants the winner of the head to head to be ranked ahead
0: and that is my point so why doesn't the college football playoff committee just lean into it and even michigan fans dead serious even michigan fans were almost like giggle giggle snort oh sure because they i think for the most part they just assumed you know michigan state would have one number by their name and michigan's would be the next one down that's what i predicted on twitter on monday so like why did they why what are they doing this for can you explain that to me no no i can't and then we move
1: and barta and i know it's not barta it's the whole committee but he goes into the Oh, well, we looked at the stats and we we, we looked at that. No, you don't have to do that. And I I understand there's cases where you have to do that.
0: Because that's when it gets confusing if they haven't played each yeah, other. Or, then that's fine. Go yes. ahead. Look at the stats. Look at the eye test. But not when you've played head to head. Just let it go. Just let it happen. Yeah. This is like you're giving yourself too much power.
1: Yeah. What tournament do you win? And the, the loser advances.
0: This doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. And then the other side is they go back to the eye test. Or, or, excuse me, they go back to see. And I just get confused with this stupid shit. But they go back to the head-to-head, right? Wisconsin eighteen, Purdue nineteen, Iowa twenty. Well, Wisconsin beat Purdue and Iowa. Purdue beat Iowa. You can't tell me they didn't rank and file those teams any different than that than than doing the head-to-head. Sure. Then the next part is that that I'm most upset about is, of course, it goes back to the SEC bias, and it's come in two forms. Number one, why? I, I Arkansas is now back. And, and and by the way, we are just reiterating what what our guy, I'm gonna call him Spicy Shooty, has been on since. Oh the, yeah, he's the, been on fire. <laughs> it's has been fantastic. But of course, again, the uh, highest ranked zero loss team, yep. One loss team, yep. Two loss team, yep. three loss team, all SEC. Heck, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Let's get a four loss. Let's get the first four loss, highest four lost SEC team in there.
1: I mean, I think the biggest snub was Penn State. They you could have ranked right. Penn State. so
0: that's what I was getting to. Is Arkansas is in Auburn? I think is all the way up at sixteen or seventeen, oh. and oh. and Penn State is sitting there not ranked, and they have beat the eighteenth ranked Wisconsin team in their house, and Auburn at home, and they're not even ranked.
1: That doesn't make any sense.
0: They're not even ranked. And it'd be
1: fine if you know if if Auburn wasn't ranked. I w- okay, well, sure. Well, they're both three
0: losses. And you know maybe there's a situation where the committee's like, well, but Penn State lost to Iowa, and even though they beat Wisconsin, I don't know. It's too confusing. Let's just throw them out. I honestly think it's it's stuff that stupid. And then the next, well, it one- has
1: to get to that point at some. Right. Juncture, right. This is At some point you, you have to do something like that. Cause there's just too, once you get down to 25, there's too much going on.
0: And I understand that. So they just are at that point. Mm. Like you can't tell me that human nature doesn't take over. in the fact that one through eight, they're really looking at it hard. But once you get past nine, 10, nah. 12, they're like, eh.
1: plus it's, you know, two loss, three loss teams, as opposed to zero one loss teams.
0: Um, and then back to my theme with the fans. Okay. Outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Having Alabama to just perma, two, it upsets, it even upsets the other SEC fans. Yeah. Like nobody wants to see Alabama as high as they are when people don't think it's as warranted as it typically is. Now, I don't have a gigantic issue with Alabama being second, but again, barring off of Danny Cannell because he's an ex player. He's not afraid to speak his mind. It's refreshing. He's not tied to the mighty ESPN SEC monster. So he can just say whatever he wants. I like DK. Very much appreciate DK. And so he's like, guys, it, they're just, they're setting it up so that if Georgia and and Alabama play in the SEC championship, which everybody thinks they will, if it's a close game, they've got all the excuses that they have in the world so. to put an 11-2 Alabama into the college football playoff. And this gets back to my theme. Do you want to see Alabama get in with not winning the, the conference and having two losses? No. I don't want to see it. I bet you 99.5% of our listeners don't want to see it. Does the fans' desire of what we see on the TV screen, does this not play in at all?
1: I mean, again, then why am I watching that? You know why am I watching the SEC championship if I know both are getting in? Who cares? I mean, all they're doing is risking injury. Why don't they just lay down and both forfeit?
0: A forfeit would honestly make more sense for them to get in. Yeah. Now I understand with me complaining already about a two-loss Alabama team getting in now on in November. We don't know what's going to happen around them, but if a two-loss Alabama team is up against a one loss big 10 team, a zero loss big 12 team, even a one loss big 12 team, a one loss pac 12 team an undefeated Cincinnati, a one loss wake forest. I don't, I, all of these teams would be more interesting to me. The fan, sure. the college football fan to see them in over a two loss, Alabama. Give us a break. I'm,
1: you know, I'm not going to argue with you
0: because you sit there and you're like, if, if, the main goal is to grow college football viewership. Sure, are you not spitting in our face by putting Alabama in? And are you not are you not poisoning the water on which us college football fans drink? If you if we're just like well, Alabama's going to get in every year. Yes, that's that's, that's one that's twenty five percent of the of the college football playoff. If they just you just know Alabama's getting in.
1: Because Again, why smart. am I watching the
0: game? There you go. And then, and, and,
1: and rem- remember, back in the day, the reason college football was great is because every single game was so big and Correct. and mattered, and like every game was basically a knockout game back in the day.
0: Right now, we're saying Alabama has to lose three or more games; otherwise, yeah. they're in. If this, if this is how it, it goes, it's now. the
1: reason I chose college football over the NFL because I would get frustrated. The NFL teams like, eh, we just don't feel like
0: playing today. It's it, no big it, deal. Yeah. Drop,
1: drop six games; we'll still make the playoffs. Doesn't matter. It's right. fine.
0: Um, now and then, last thing we actually talked about this more than I thought you would. You would want to, but this is where my my newly made deeper thinking conspiracy brain goes. It, are, are the powers that be behind the scenes dictating that Alabama gets into the playoffs as a two loss team, just so people like me and you and many of our listeners get so pissed oh and what does that then usher in the 12 team playoff they're 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 purposely setting it up so that we get pissed so that everyone just so speeds up the 12 well yeah i mean we already have the 12
1: team i can't remember what year that's gonna be but it's not
0: it's not finalized yet i thought it was finalized it is, it, they, they put a pause on that oh they did they did it was very close And they're like eh. and then the texas and oklahoma shit went down and all of a sudden it froze okay it is not a done deal
1: well, okay, so maybe uh, you know, I, I like this. I like this is conspiracy. I enjoy conspiracies.
0: I didn't used to, but there's one for you right there.
1: <laughs> They're pushing the 12 team playoff. Yeah, this, there this you is go.
0: we're all getting manipulated. Okay, the
1: big, the deep college football state is, yeah. is pushing. Yeah.
0: the All right, so um, last thing here, I was just kind of curious. We're kind of getting to the end here. Um, I had made a prediction in our in our outlandish prediction podcast. The, oh, yeah. The Big Ten West would finish with more wins versus the Big Ten yes, she East. Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, that was my my big one. Yeah. Technically, that's still alive. All right. Right now, as it stands, the Big Ten East is got 10 wins versus the West, and the Big Ten West has eight wins versus the okay. East with three games to go. Oh, boy. So going to need a sweep the, here. The West would have to, to sweep out. Now, don't think that – plays into my predictions or what I want to see. I, I don't really have any skin in the game. It's not like I put any money on it, but so it could, as it stands right now, if I had to predict how it would go by what Vegas would say, I think it'll wind up 11 to 10. So I said 11 to 10 West. I think it's going to wind up 11 to 10 yeah. East. And I think most years it's probably pretty close to that. Okay. And that's kind of my point. And, and here's what is interesting about that. Illinois, Maryland,
1: Oh, God, Illinois should have won that game. Right? Uh, they blew it.
0: M- Michigan State,
1: Nebraska? Yeah, well, I mean, Nebraska kind of blew it. Uh, Penn State,
0: Wisconsin, a little yeah. bit more well, of
1: a... Well, Penn State won that game. Okay. That, that was that was straight up. Michigan,
0: win. Nebraska. At least some yeah. with some of these, a toss-up, right? Yeah. And Iowa, Penn State. I'm just saying, yeah. every one of those I mean, games... It's, it's razor thin. Uh, that, the difference is Razor thing. that That is my point okay. right there. Like, nobody thinks, again, that the Big Ten East, the Big Ten East is better than the Big Ten West. The, the three teams we just listed off, they're all in the top 10 for the yep. Big Ten East. The Big Ten West is, is you know, down in the teens and the 20s. With that being said, I believe these, when these two divisions square off to each other, I wish there was more people than just this podcast that would spend a little bit more time putting thought process into the fact that there's some good football being played on both sides. It
1: usually plays out pretty well. Um, Okay, wanted to... Wait, Well, let me ask you a question. Is this a punting podcast?
0: You're damn right this is a punting (laughs) podcast. Okay, so
1: I'm going to read this Dustin Shooty tweet because I thought it was apropos of the Eyes on Big podcast. Dustin says, In a shock to not one person... (laughs) Five of the ten semifinalists for the Ray Guy Award are from the Big Ten: Blake Hayes, Illinois; Tory Taylor, Iowa; Brad Robbins, Michigan; Jordan Stout, Penn State; and Adam Corsick from Rutgers. Yeah, is that something,
0: dude? It's incredible.
1: And you got the San Diego State guy, who's incredible. I mean, wish, I wish he was in the Big Ten. No shit. And then there was like a Tulsa guy, and I can't remember, but it was
0: it was if, basically if that, if that guy, the San Diego State guy, was in, we we should call it the Big Thighs, you know, absolutely of the Big Ten because. God Theisman! I'm just it's I know. going to drive me nuts to my
1: end of days. The worst part is we thought of Eisman, but we didn't
0: think of Thysman. We, we were it, it just fit in so <laughs> it we, was we right going down the path. It was right there. Well, we need the to weekly f- Eisman the down. Oh, man,
1: we could have had a weekly Theisman too. Who had the best punny performance. We still we. could. We still could. Can we
0: just usurp it? when it, we just we just it's ours now and we unabashedly take it? I think we can.
1: It? I mean, we, we saw it on Twitter, maybe we could find the guy and just You know, ask them if we can have it.
0: Like, you'll see people on Twitter that steal memes, like, I am a meme stealer. Can we just be a... a, Let's
1: not even find that guy. Let's just take it. Just take it? Let's not
0: even ask. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, that gets us into the games. Week 11. Six games. So we got 12 Big Ten teams in action. Two teams are idle. The Red Hot, Illinois, fighting Illini. And the Red Hot, Nebraska Cornhuskers... For completely different. Reasons. Huskers are red hot. Illini are orange hot. Okay. That makes sense. So again, all big 10 versus big 10, all times, times that we're giving our central standard time. All games take place on Saturday, November 13th. And we are back into the, I cannot explain it. Yeah. No night games in November. What are three in the three in the morning, three in the afternoon. What I
1: shoot. He was cheering it on.
0: For personal reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, anyways, I, I still don't know if there has been a good explanation I've ever gotten on, like, is it a central standard time? Well, I wonder standard if it's just
1: like a weather thing at this or, point in the year. Like, they just don't want night games because it's colder. I don't know.
0: Does that make any sense to you? Like, you I mean, not to me. Like, you either. amazingly get, in the second week of November, much worse yes. weather than you did one week before. Apparently. Because we had a night game hey, last weekend.
1: Hey, maybe the committee is setting... The times.
0: Yeah. And I just said central time zone. I meant uh daylight savings time. We're on standard oh, time now. Right? We're on standard time yeah. now. So I picked my my uh kindergartner up at four fifty today, four forty five, yeah. and he walks out and he goes, Dad, why is it dark out now? Awesome. That's and I'm pretty like, cool. Son, you are entering into a world that you will quick understand. <laughs> Does that make sense?
1: But here's the thing about this this daylight savings time. Shouldn't you do the savings time now and mean- then the standard time
0: during the summer? <laughs> none of how it's how it's Why said, am- given to it, none of it makes sense. So They're dumb. literally doing it backwards. Like, wouldn't you appreciate
1: right now if it was light until 5 30 instead of 4 30?
0: Well, but that was, I believe, the thought process was before we had all these, you know, fendangled lights that we could put anywhere, people needed to literally get bleep done while they had the light of the day. So they wanted to move stuff up so people could get more work done in the morning because by the time it got. So light. you wanted
1: to move it to the morning. Correct. Well,
0: but okay. we no, just but adopted that. But we we have we have advanced beyond that now. I don't know. I don't. That's my best guess. That's as as little as I've read into it. That's how I understand it. We but... already got a long podcast. We got to move on. All here. right,
1: <laughs> but, but we need to do an episode on daylight savings time.
0: <laughs> Put it down for the off season. All right, first game up: the eight and one number six ring Michigan Wolverines at the six and three Penn State Nittany Lions. This is an eleven o'clock a.m. game on ABC line pick 'em. Wow. We haven't pretty, seen haven't seen many of those. I'm pretty sure this is our first pick 'em on the pod. Uh, or at least it oh, is, the last two I don't years. not on the Last pod. two years for sure. Last okay. Two years. Okay. All right. Over under 48.5. Vegas says a 24 to 24 tie. I can't tell you <laughs> what they say because that's what it is. 69% of the bets are in, on the infinite Wolverines.
1: overtimes.
0: Infinite over, that's right. As long as it stays right around 48. So we got a rubber match here for James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh, aka Khaki Pants. They entered this game three and three mm. against each other. Um, as as far as if somebody made a list, right? Big Ten lore, coaches versus coaches. You know, obviously the ten year war sure. is going to be number one. Then you start ranking out. You know, well known coaches typically are going to be at uh, the bigger universities against each other. Uh, wouldn't Wouldn't Franklin and khaki pants? It, it's up there. This, this is this is a good coaching rivalry. It's
1: got some cachet, baby. It's
0: got some cachet. Uh, Harbaugh took over at Michigan at 2015. James Franklin at 2014. Since then, Harbaugh seventy one point three percent overall win percentage. Uh, Franklin sixty eight percent. Big Ten play Harbs at 69.6%. James Franklin a little bit lower, 61.2%. Jim Harbaugh a little bit more time in the top five and top 25 than James Franklin. So there's a little edge up for khaki pants for overall wins, head-to-head 3-3, and but... James Franklin has beaten Ohio State and has won a Big Ten championship. Oh. Khaki Pants has not. So, dude, it's, this has got all the oh, intrigue. This is like a heavyweight fight. It right is kind here. of a heavyweight fight. All right, what do you got?
1: Oh, okay. So, all right, looking at Michigan right now, really like the direction they're moving in. Unfortunately, Blake Corm is injured. so But we'll see.
0: More- we don't. I, we don't 100% know, but I think it's safe to assume. I don't, know.
1: He's I, I don't see his brain. Right. So we'll expect to see more Donovan Edwards, but I'm just really excited. They have a well rounded offense now. Running game has been great all year, but now they have a passing game you you have to respect.
0: I think you have to respect. And I, I think he's a Donovan Edwards. Hassan Haskins is obviously going to be the featured. No, but Donovan Edwards is their third. Next person up. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what you meant. All right. Um, yeah, so they still have a pretty darn good. like. It wasn't a one-two punch with with Corum and Haskins because it's it's a one-one punch with them. It's going to be a a straight up one-two punch because you have to think Hassan Haskins is going to get a lion share to a certain degree. Hassan Haskins is more of a you know get you into manageable downs, maybe slow down the offense. A little bit that'll kind of play into my uh, one of my predictions before but then I do believe that something that this would have to open up for Michigan is the play action passing and kind of what you're talking about there. I'm not saying this is a gigantic difference in how Harbs and the offensive staff is going to go about it but if you take out a little bit of the home run threat. Did we already kind of start to see that last week versus Indiana because it wasn't quite as explosive of offense for Michigan? It's very intriguing to me.
1: Well, and one more thing is they've got two pretty capable tight ends that they've been using a lot more lately.
0: Yes, and
1: so it's almost, the ball around. Yeah, they're just
0: they're doing a better job hitting more players, uh, uh, guys on the field as far as the offense is concerned.
1: Right. So they only got that one conference loss. Penn State's got three conference
0: losses. So I've, I'm feeling like Michigan's got a little more to play for here. Definitely, missions got more missions got more to play for, um, but we are getting into spoiler zone.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Where what reason does Penn State have to play tight? Well,
1: I mean it's, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, what, what reason did Illinois have to go to Penn State and win,
0: right? It's kind of the same, same thing. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of related here. So talking about Penn State, Clifford seems to be healthier. Uh, I right, mean he's I, fine. Feel like, I mean this is a like pass, done. and like this done. is a passing team. It is a passing team. that's so be, ju- you gotta embrace it. it, man. I mean, it's just it like we've got we've kind of joked and called it some teams are Purdue. and I don't necessarily mean that as a negative by the way. it's just that's what we are denoting for teams that they try to run the ball a little bit. they they would probably enjoy running the ball better, but they just can't for whatever reasons. So you lean on what works to a certain degree. James Franklin and Yursich would kind of be silly not to lean into the passing attack right now, because that's what's working the most consistent.
1: And I can see early in the season, you're trying to develop the run game. You're trying to develop a, you know, a two pronged attack, which Michigan has done. But I think at this point in the season, if you're Penn state, just, Forget about it. Just, just
0: pass the ball and have some fun here.
1: I uh, have some fun, but also, you know, and run, run enough, run enough to keep them honest. Yeah, but live and die by the. I pass.
0: mean, it's not like they don't have talent in the running back room for Penn State. They've so. got
1: talent. It's just something is not clicking there overall. Yeah. Yeah. So just run enough to keep them honest.
0: So let me ask you this: this yeah. is, I'm not saying I don't know the answer to this. I'm just kind of curious. How do you feel about Penn State's rush defense versus Michigan's rushing attack?
1: I think advantage Michigan.
0: Okay. But we're taking Coram out.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. You're taking Coram out. Does that get that even? Yeah, it gets closer. Okay. It gets closer. <laughs> Dude, what do you I, think? you think it's the other way? I,
0: I can't answer the question. That's why I asked you. I, I, I have gone I, back I'm, and forth because to me, that is the key to the game. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying Penn State has to hold Michigan to 87 yards rushing, okay? But they, they have to stop the Michigan rushing attack from being dominant and – I, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put you on the spot again. What what would you put the over-under for Michigan's rushing total?
1: Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, they're at
0: like two twenty two thirty on the yeah, year. I, I,
1: they're not going to get that okay. high. Like 165.
0: Okay, I'm going to go a little over. Okay. Because I don't think they're going to get run on them harshly because of the lack of big play potential. From I just think it's going to be more of a pressure cooker thing, you know, where it's just over time and then a couple things break. Here and there, I'm telling you, man. I have switched the score in my mind two or three different times. Okay, I did not. You did not.
1: I felt confident. Okay, about this so one.
0: I'll go first because okay. you you be the anchor and really put it okay. in because it's good to have confidence. I'm gonna go Michigan 27, Penn State 24. Um, at one point, the under in this game was flirting with my Amador lock of the week because okay. I, but then it's the it's the potential explosiveness of the Penn State passing attack Man. and the, and the overall don't give a shittedness of just going out there. So perhaps it's a situation where Penn State goes at it and Michigan has to catch up or it's just kind of Cut. a big game feel to it. So I'm still gonna edge under at 47 under the 48.5 total, but that's what I got.
1: okay, so I've, I've saw I've seen a lot of people, we're like, yeah, I just feel like Penn State. I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I get the opposite feels. I'm going with a Michigan win. Michigan 24, Penn State 21. Okay. And at 43, that's a fairly easy
0: under. So both taking Michigan to win by three, both going under. Yes. Next game up, the 3-6 and six Northwestern Wildcats at the 6-3, and three, number 18, Wisconsin Badgers. 11 o'clock a.m. game on ESPN2. Beth Moins. Uh, Line poor Beth Badgers by 24.5 over under 41. So, Vegas, you want to hear you want to hear a Vegas nailing what they think the total score is going to sound like? (laughs) Sure, Vegas is saying 33 to 8 Badgers. Oh,
1: gosh, that's perfect.
0: That is perfect. Of course, the eight
1: would be two field goals and a safety.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Badgers by 24 and a half, over under 41. I don't even know if I gave it. I got excited (laughs) there. Um, 75% of the bets are on Northwestern. Wow, really? They're they're thinking that's way too many points. Yeah. And I'll say this. When I first saw the line, that was my gut reaction. And then Darren the American sent a text and said, no, that sounds about right. And then I thought deeper about it, and I'm like, yeah, that maybe does sound about right. But you go, what, what do you got for me?
1: Okay, well, I wanted to start because this is what this was my thought process, my my initial thought process with this game, and SuperCrowl put it well into words. I'm not going to read his tweet, but SuperCrowl said. You know, I'm just fighting it in my head. Either this is going to be a 13-7 to 7 quagmire that they're going to drag us down into, or we're just going to run with, away with the game. And I kept Correct. I kept going both directions.
0: Did not see that Super Crawl text or tweet, but that's exactly what I have going through my head because we all have the same thought process this year with Northwestern. I just had it last week when Iowa played them. I'm like, I, I believe Iowa should win this game. Yeah. I don't see enough of a threat but on the other side, it's those purple nerds, and they just do what they do. Well, and
1: we've also seen the Nebraska game where they just got run off the field.
0: It's tough. It's tough. But, like, and then, you know, continuing on Northwestern, they have had, I feel like they've had a little bit of calming down factor from their offense. Like, like we now know who the number one person is on the offense. It's their running back. We know who the quarterback is he he's he's got some moxie he can yeah. stand and deliver a ball there are obviously good things to feel about with the northwestern offense i i'm not i'm not totally threatened by their pass catchers that's, I mean, there's
1: there they, they just don't have big playmakers there and they and just what, don't have one
0: and what does it take to beat the wisconsin defense i
1: mean it's going to take something
0: special then unless you bring something special on the other side which would be this this man-eating defense right. that can bottle up the Wisconsin rushing attack. And their attack. defense
1: has improved a little bit. I mean, it looked good against Iowa, but it's the Iowa offense, right. so does that even really count?
0: We, we don't think so.
1: I mean, it's not. this is not the normal Northwestern defense.
0: No, and it's not really the normal Wisconsin offense. Well,
1: I don't know. It's running into form except Che Louis. Now, that's another one. Che yeah. Louis getting injured. I, yeah. don't, I don't see him playing, so they're really going to have to lean on Braylon Allen. And, and then we is, know they is, don't. Have-
0: who is the better running back of the two? He is. But we're getting deep into the season and, and it, they does don't it have make a you deep a, room. I know. And and does it make you a little bit nervous that you're going to have to be running uh, so hard on a freshman? I, I don't know. Maybe he has turned 18 at this point, but <laughs> still a young person, right? But then I look back. At last week in and, and Wisconsin beat the cheddar out of Rutgers. Like it, it wasn't even a contest And like, it's not just about like the offense scoring points to get points on the board. Work with me here. It's about dum, 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 don't mess around with Jim and <laughs> that defense is forcing turnovers Oh yeah. and it's putting their offense into such better positions and because of all those reasons mixed, mixed together, Mertz is, he's looked better the past two or well, three weeks. Okay. That's all there is to okay, it. Okay,
1: he has. But here's the other thing. If you just are grinding it out on the ground, shortening the game, and you know you're going to win the game, don't take any chances with Mertz. I understand. Just just have him you know, throw 12 passes in Which the game. Which is what they've
0: pretty much been doing all year long.
1: Right. But I guess what I'm saying is how do you... How do you win 52 to 7 if you're never even throwing the ball? You just do, ground it up. Do, do,
0: back to jail. So
1: you think, okay, turnovers, pick six is.
0: Now, if you have the right offense that you can do a little damage, like if you have a rushing attack that's so great, like we saw with Michigan, they can stick, then they start dictating the game back that direction a little bit. Yeah. If there's a passing attack that can touch up the Wisconsin's. Secondary, we don't see any of that here. Northwestern was turning the ball over versus Iowa last week. A good yeah. defense, don't get me wrong. This is a step up now, and and here's one of the things that sw- like the 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 internal battle that SuperCrawl had had it myself. Okay, and I'm not even a Wisconsin fan, <laughs> but I had it. Honestly, God, it was a statement by Fitzy that I read on Twitter this week, and he got asked about this defense. You could essentially tell he was just like, well, they're perfect here and they're great here and they're (laughs) like in in my mind. Reading through what he said was, we have no chance. He's already game planning for next season. He's game planning for 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 the next ten years. No, he's not game planning for this week or next week. Illinois, dude. I know. I I don't. I'm not just being dramatic. I know. He's just like. The chances of us beating Wisconsin and Purdue are low, but if we end the season by beating Illinois, I it is my personal feeling that <sighs> many things are going to are getting geared for the God, LOL trophy right now. Okay,
1: so I couldn't decide which way to go. Uh ironic.
0: And... I knew what I wanted right from the get go. Okay,
1: interesting. And you know, I'm not gonna I, I like throwing that Amador double barrel lock on the unders here, but what if they do crank off fifty seven points? You know, so you can't do that. But so I settled right in the middle on the score. I'm going with Wisconsin 27, Northwestern 7. Okay. So Northwestern does cover here. And at 34, that's an under.
0: All right. Um, I mean, I'm not far away. I've got Wisconsin 38, Northwestern 6. So that's a pretty easy Wisconsin cover, but at 44, that's technically an over. I'm just scared of Wisconsin getting yeah. over the over by themselves.
1: Yeah, they could. They Which, by, could.
0: by the way, if it's going over, they're pretty much doing it by themselves. Yes. I, I, will, be, I will be shocked if I see a double-digit number by Northwestern.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Like, it, special teams. Okay, we should do it. Special a, teams or Graham Mertz is, is how they would get to double digits.
1: We should do an over-under on total Northwestern yards. Yards? I mean, I don't think you can set it over 200.
0: It's no, got. To, I think no. it's got to
1: be like 185.
0: Okay, 185. Yeah. What are you taking <laughs> under? Okay, I'll, I'll go over. That's a good number. Yeah. I I'll so. go over, but that's a good number. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next game up, the four and five Rutgers Scarlet Knights at the two and seven Indiana Hoosiers. Eleven o'clock a.m. game. Shockingly, is on Big Ten Network. Line Hoosiers by seven. Yeah. Huh. That surprised yeah. me. Yeah. Over under forty two. <laughs> So Vegas is saying 24-17 to 17 Hoosiers, 73% of the bets are on the Scarlet Knights.
1: Huh, interesting. So we saw Rutgers travel from the East to the Midwest against an ice school, by the way, Illinois, and they took care of business, right? Played a pretty good game. I thought Illinois would, would be better in the line of scrimmage. Rutgers was better in the line of scrimmage. I don't, why can't they do that again?
0: I don't know. But if you look at, if you look at the last five games, there's one outlier. It's the Illinois game.
1: It's a good point. They have they but have they not played only... really good teams. I mean, they played That's Ohio true. State. They That's played true.
0: Wisconsin. That's true. That, but... I mean,
1: okay, who do you think is a better team right now? Indiana or Illinois? Illinois. I do too.
0: But maybe not when they played I don't know. Illinois has kind of caught fire since then. It's hard to say it. It's just That's interesting. a really good question.
1: It's just mm-hmm. interesting that IU is favored, not only favored, but favored by seven. seven. If they were favored by one, two,
0: three. Do, do, do you think that's officially a stinky line? It is. I know. Um, yeah, so then I looked into, that, like, why Why is that? I mean, Northwestern has lost four of their last five, and most of the time not Rutgers. just lost. Excuse me. Rutgers has lost four of their last five, and in those games, they've not just lost those games. They've, yeah. they've gotten boat raced. Okay, okay. Games. So it's been, okay. like,
1: But let me counter that. They're still playing for a bowl right now. They have four wins. They're playing Indiana. Granted, they have Penn State next week, but then they have Maryland after that. They've got a bowl in their sights.
0: they got a bowl in their sights, which is then makes this intriguing to me. I believe they want two goals that they would like to get before the end of the year. Number one is a bowl game. To get those extra mm-hmm. practices, get yeah. you know, give a reward to the players, all of that. Finish with a re- uh, winning record; that would be incredible. The next thing is, do you, do you get the feeling that they want to get their super fresh quarterback some game experience here?
1: Well, we talked about that. He can play all three games remaining, I believe, bowl, but not the bowl. But not the bowl, but and preserve a red shirt.
0: Okay, and they, so they have to win two of their next three. Yeah. Do you think that's going on right now, where Shiano is like? Sure. You yes, know. I do. I I want to get him experience, but I want to make a bowl. I don't know. It's just something that's funny. Uh, by the way, the, here would be the notes I would have. Tell me which team I'm talking about. Need to find an identity these last three games. But what's going on at quarterback?
1: Well, I mean, I both both. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because but I, I mean, would say more Indiana.
0: Okay, uh, and I originally wrote it down for Indiana, but I just jokingly thought you know that that also applies to Rutgers because Rutgers is doing the. Spin the wheel, three, four quarterbacks are playing. Yeah, that's right. And, and right now, from what I'm hearing, switching over to Indiana, Tuttle might play.
1: Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. That's that's the rumor. Interesting. Well, so, that would change things a bit because I I you figured, just assumed it was McCauley. Well, I figured it was McCauley, and I figured at this point in the season, the Hoosiers are just ah, they're just planning for next year. Let's just go out there have fun. So learn, is that learn about the this- seven
0: point win because there is nothing I can point to. On their defense or offense that I have confidence in no.
1: right now. No, I mean, and if McCully's playing, he doesn't have rapport with the wide receivers yet. You don't have to worry about that. So all you can do is just kind of pin your ears back, focus on the run game. I mean, really, all that's working in the pass game is Peyton Hendershot. That's it. Yeah, I dude, I don't.
0: I don't. It's I, I, we are we are very much not an anti- Hoosier <laughs> podcast. No. but right now we are struggling to find a. Things to be positive about with the Hoosiers and B, why they are favored by seven points. So maybe I'm taking the cheese here. I don't know. But I've got Shiano getting these guys up to play. They've got to win two of their last three. I would have to think they think this is one of their best chances to get one of those wins. I would think. So I got Rutgers 20, Indiana 17, and at 37 points, that's under the 42.
1: Hmm, Interesting. Okay. So I was picking a ton of unders earlier in the year. And it started fizzling out. So now I'm kind of...
0: 5-2 and two last week, unders.
1: Was it 5-2 last mm-hmm. week? Interesting. Okay, I, I guess I missed that. I guess I didn't add them up. So I'm going a, a little bit higher scoring here, although I don't know necessarily how it's going to happen. Makes sense. But I'm going Rutgers 27, Indiana 21. So at 48, that's an over.
0: But also have... Rucker's winning. Rutgers
1: winning. So easy cover for yeah. Ruckers. Easy. Yeah,
0: this will be interesting. All right. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and as always. Is hashtag ask for Amador. Next game up, we got the Pig. The battle for the Floyd of Rosedale, six and three. Minnesota Golden Gophers coming in to Kinnick Stadium to take on the number twenty-seven and two-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a two-thirty p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Lion Hawks by five and a half over under a low thirty-seven points. So Vegas is saying a 21 to 16 Hawkeye victory. 55 percent of the bets are on the Hawks, so that's mm. dang near right down the middle. Well, something here could be yeah. Could have a little wintry mix. Oh, no. a wintry mix. Something along those lines.
1: I always found it interesting how they spell wintery.
0: wintry. W i n t
1: r y. T r y. They pull the e out of there. Why it's would gone. you pull the e out of there? It's just gone. Wintry. Wintry. My,
0: wintry. Wintry. Is there a difference between wintry and wintry?
1: Well, I've never seen the word wintry. <laughs> so we for some no. reason, it's always wintry.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> Iowa. Start with the home well, team. Well, hold on. There. Yeah. Before
1: we even get into the teams, this could have easily been the Big Ten game of the week for us.
0: I was going to save it to the end. We put it out to a vote. It yep. was very close between this game and our game of the week. But there's a lot of intrigue with this game.
1: Oh, there's a ton of intrigue. I mean, this is a division game. Our game of the week is not a division game. The, whoever wins this kind of has a leg up. Now, granted, Iowa's lost to Wisconsin, and they've got it, so they'd you know have to get some help from Wisconsin. But Minnesota controls their own density. As we boy, like we say. are
0: close. I just refreshed. This is this is oh. at forty-two percent. The other game is at forty-three percent. Whoa, uh, that's how close okay. it was. um One thing I guess I would not so much disagree with you, but but reword it. I don't know if the winner is so much has a leg up as the loser is gone. Like that is, it is, it is worse to lose this game than it is good to win it. Is that way to put it?
1: Okay. I guess that works. Yeah.
0: Um, Again, Minnesota, Iowa, another one of those teams, four way tie that for, for first place in the big 10 West. So yeah, this is a huge game. Always going to be a huge game when Minnesota and Iowa get together. This is not necessarily the most contentious Rivalry in all of sports, but it's storied and it's it's just got the best trophy in all sports. I don't, I don't know what else to say.
1: I mean, it really is. It's, it's the not, best. It is the best. And I'm I mean, very
0: proud of the fact that I've had my hand on that trophy. Very, very proud of that. I'm
1: jealous of that because yeah. I can remember learning about this trophy when I was a kid. And I it's like, you know, when I was really becoming aware of college football and I started finding out that there was these trophy games. And I heard that there was a Browns Pig that Minnesota, I could not believe that, and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard.
0: Can't wait till my boys get to a, a, an age where they can maybe have a seminal moment like that. That'll be pretty cool. So, all right, big game. Um, start with Iowa. Last week, you know, it, it was one of those wins over Northwestern where it was more of a thank God exhale. But as the week went on, I'm like, dang it, good. We we beat Northwestern. Oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> That would have been atrocious if we lost to Northwestern. It's season over. You lose that game. It's season back on. That was a huge win last week. And you have Evanston.
1: another year to worry until you have to worry about it. Again. <laughs>
0: right, <You know>? exactly. <laughs> and, you know, there's been a lot of ha-ha-ha <laughs> from Minnesota fans, Wisconsin fans, maybe even a little bit of Nebraska fans, I don't know, saying Padilla, quote-unquote, provided a spark. And they've laughed at it. Because oh, because they, only, cause they scored.
1: only scored seventeen. Yeah,
0: but I, I rewatched the game because I thought because we were we were in a little bit of a drunken stupor by the time we were watching that. We definitely game. were, but I rewatched it. You know, sober sober as a as a judge this week. There was there was a spark provided by Padilla.
1: I mean, as the committee would say, eye test goes to Padilla. Yes, over Petrus. So, I think. I think
0: it does, and. I've talked to enough Iowa fans via text or phone this week where I'm not alone. They we are excited to see what happens on Saturday. So,
1: so do we have any inclination of who's playing?
0: Oh, uh, uh sorry, Petrus isn't even less on the two deep. Okay. So, but he is the starter. All right. Um Interesting. so yeah, no, he's the starter. There there is something too. Petrus so he he does have it. Yeah, there's something yeah, going yeah. on sure. there. Um, um, so now do I think this is suddenly gonna look drastically different? Of no. course not. You're not gonna you're not gonna change the offense that much, but just the combination of a little bit of mobility, which comes in two forms, getting out of pressure when it's there v- with a struggling offensive yep. line, which I'll touch on. And then when they are running the boot action, Padilla is just so much quicker at getting out of the pocket. And then the third thing is the quicker release it made a difference last well, week and it can make a difference this weekend too.
1: And the one thing that stood out to me as well was the pocket presence. It just seemed night and day difference. It seemed better. It's it sure seemed better.
0: Um, and then, you know, kind of melding the two here, Minnesota likes to run the ball. A, a very big, you know, uh way to look at their success rate is how they're rushing the ball in any sure. given game. And they're playing against the Iowa rushing, uh, a rushing defense, who's not allowing 100 yards rushing again, they're eighth in the country, 98.6 yards per game. It, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out both defensive coordinators' goals coming into this game is going to be to shut down the sure. rushing attack.
1: Yeah, and the, one th- the concern I have for Minnesota is they really got exposed in the running
0: game against Illinois last week. So you're talking their rush defense.
1: No, I'm saying uh,
0: Minnesota's rush defense.
1: Uh, both, no, okay. well, both. Okay. No, I was talking about their rush offense. Got They they did so not run off. the ball well at all. So if they can't run the ball against Illinois, how can they run the ball against Iowa? And if they can't run the ball against Iowa, then it's just depending on the passing game, which hasn't been there this and year.
0: And you got me right into what I've thought about. Believe it or not, um, these college coaches probably know their teams a little bit better than us fans do. PJ has been reluctant during the entire 2021 season to put too much on the passing attack. Yeah. Maybe he has a reason to not have a ton. I think of, so. Because when pressed to throw the ball versus Illinois, a good Illinois defense, but fair to say, not a great no, not defense. No, not great. It wasn't there no. last week, correct? I think Iowa's rush defense is better than Illinois. Yes. I think Iowa's pass defense no doubt. is better than Illinois. So it 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 would be concerning for me as a Minnesota fan on where you think the rushing attack is going to come from. On the flip side, I still don't think Iowa's rushing attack on offense is fixed. No, it, it looked better last week because of two things. I do think Padilla adding a wrinkle helped, but it was going against the okay. Northwestern defense. So
1: what we have here is two teams that aren't going to be able to run the ball, but they can't pass the ball either. Correct. Yeah,
0: but and then but yet there's. Flashes of passing attacks from both there is. teams. That's a good point. There are like I Minnesota's passing attack has definitely been more consistent and better than Iowa's yeah. this year, but it it's looked stagnant lately. Right? There's been concerns lately. Iowa now maybe has a little bit of influx of something to be excited about. Another thing too. I get like the freshman receivers looked even better than yeah, I thought they, they did. did upon second sure. sober watch this week. but one thing that would make me happy or give me confidence is what I should say for Minnesota, Iowa's offensive tackles still are struggling Boyer Maffe yeah. number 34 defensive end. I would set his over under sack total at about 1.5, yeah. maybe
1: two yeah.
0: in this game. So that's somebody, there is a stubbornness to the pass pro, to the Iowa coaches. Boye Maffe has got to be, uh, you know, and, and honestly, Thomas Rush, there is a lot of pass rushers on this Minnesota defense. If Minnesota is to win this game, it is going to come from their defense mm. first, giving some momentum like to their offense. That is my thought process. Okay.
1: One thing I, I'll say for Minnesota as well is they they played a stinker last week, right? I don't know. I don't see that happening twice in I think they're going to come ready to play because I think PJ will have them ready to play. So I see a bounce back and I do see a good football contest here. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go, it's going to be close. I'm going to go I win in the game 19 to 17. So that is a Minnesota Ooh. cover and at 36, that's not only an under, but that yeah. is my Amador double barrel lock of the week.
0: Okay, so your total is thirty six. Thirty six. Th- that's one point under the over under, and you're you're making it your lock of the week.
1: I'm still making it my lock of the week.
0: Okay, <laughs> I like it. I don't know if I've ever had somebody have either one of us have had the lock of the week only be one point under okay. the line or and the over under. That's fair. I know. I thought about. I love that.
1: it. I, well, I thought about that, but yeah. hold on. The other ones I was considering. I was considering let's see the, the Northwestern Wisconsin total. Yeah. But then Wisconsin going going up. So I just, I look at these two, I understand poor offenses against two good defenses. And I, it's still, I don't care. I'm going, that's still my lock of the week.
0: Well, you'll, you'll get a kick out of mine then. Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of see the same thing. Um, I am not a big trends guy. Okay. Like too much changes year to year. But coaching staffs that have this much continuity, like Iowa and Minnesota, there's something to it. There's something to, you know, we figured we'd take the win and leave the time, timeouts type of thing. Like, there's something going on where yeah. it seems like it seems like the Ferencers enjoy winning this game, and they put a lot into it. There's even some wrinkles from the Iowa offense gasp that you typically <laughs> see in this game. I think we're going to see enough of that. Iowa... 23, Minnesota 13, mm. total 36 yeah. points. So we got to the same. Okay. So I'm taking the under. I don't like it quite as much as you do to make it my lock of the week. Okay. Next game up, the 5-4 and four Maryland Terrapins at the 8-1, and one, number 7-ranked Michigan State Spartans. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Fox. Line Spartans by 13 over under 62. Vegas is saying 37 to 24, Sparty. 69% of the bets are on Sparty.
1: Okay, so Maryland needs one more win. Yeah. They're at 5 and 4. They've got something to play for here. Don't even need to say it. Michigan State obviously has something to play for here. So for me, the, a, a huge part of this for me with Maryland comes down to how well does Leah Tungavailoa play in this game?
0: Pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much been the case all year. If he's turning the ball over, forcing balls, it's been bad news for Maryland.
1: But I feel like this is a good matchup for him. That's I not know. the kind of defense he's playing that does that. So I feel like, and, and, and we know they give a ton of yards passing, Michigan State's defense does. So I feel like this is tailor-made for him to
0: have a good game. We must look at these teams pretty deep because I have same notes. I have the same read on this as well. I would say there's two factors for Maryland. Uh, Tulia, tongue of Iola. And then, I, I don't know, we're getting a Jekyll and Hyde from the Maryland defense at yeah, this point. Are we right. or, or is it? Or is it pretty much Hyde? It might As just they, be Hyde. Yeah. Like, it's just not that good of a defense anymore. Right,
1: so I think what we're pointing at is this is going to be a high-scoring game.
0: I think so. I think we got the same read on that. And Maryland wants to get to six wins. They want to get to a bowl. That is definitely a successful season for Maryland playing in the Big Ten East. But they've got three games to get to six wins. They've right? got
1: three games, but so they got Michigan State, Michigan, and then at Rutgers. Okay,
0: so th- they've they've got two very legitimate. Well, <laughs> Michigan. This is a tough game. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're going to. What I, what I, 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 I guess they're... I'm saying is, with Rutgers being at the end of the year, I f- is there you a feel like the, you got that in your back pocket a little bit, a little bit, and why play tight in the first place? Let's just. This falls back into another one of these teams. It's like, are are they? They can just play loosey goosey as well. Like as a as a Michigan State fan, this game makes you a little nervous, doesn't it? Oh, I
1: think so. I mean, I think Michigan State. I think their fan base is going to have a permanent pucker for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, we should. I should ask you know Dougie and Standing Room Spartans a little bit more. Like. Cause I feel like it's a combination of a butthole puckering, but like playing with house money at the same time, kind of where Maryland falls and, in there.
1: Well, and then after Maryland, you're at Ohio state, but right. then you're home versus Penn state. So yeah. Did you expect to win those before the year? No. Right. But do you expect to win? Maybe split them right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. Um, Michigan state. We're already kind of talking to him. So obviously lost to Purdue last week. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if this is like this is a look ahead let down sandwich, right? Like they they had the big game last week, they got the big game next week. That's a good point. I mean, so so Maryland, it's another reason why this is scary, but yeah. like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to articulate this very well, but maybe losing the game last week, it 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 let them actually exhale a little bit. Like all of a sudden they were four and oh, five and oh, and this thing kept going. I think honestly feel like they've played a little bit tighter over the last couple weeks. Okay. And I know they beat Michigan two weeks ago. Don't get me wrong, but they had to come from behind to do it. Like, I don't know. I'm getting a sense of that. Or do, do you think I'm just literally making something up?
1: Let me give you some examples. The teams that I've, that I've liked and followed, if they like started looking at an undefeated season, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes. Let's lose a game because it's just too much pressure. pressure. One of the one of the instances was a 2005 Illinois basketball team. Okay. They were 29-0, and, and I'm like, we got to drop one here before the tournament.
0: <laughs> and, and we and, did. Right. And, you know, yeah. obviously those expectations to go undefeated are baked into the cake if you're Ohio State, Alabama, you know. It's a little bit different with Michigan State right now. Obviously, they've but had I think, amazing runs before, but I'll, they're – the psyche of the fans is one thing for Michigan State, but the psyche of the Michigan State coaches and players, I don't know it. I'm just intrigued by it because this has been this this season's come out of nowhere. Big game last week, big game next week. Now Maryland. There's just so I think much it take, intrigue here. It takes
1: here. the pressure off.
0: And then on top of it, I feel like Peyton Thorne is part of the reason why I've had a little bit of lack of confidence with okay. Michigan State. Still love Kenneth Walker, obviously. He's been incredible. But there's Hmm. a lot of pressure on Kenneth Walker now, too, because I don't know if we're getting quite as much out of the passing attack for Michigan State. Well, but the thing I
1: like about Michigan State's offense is look at what they did against Michigan, where they, they weren't... Passing the ball all that way. And well. they found a way. But no, but what they did is they just said, We're gonna lean on Kenny Walker. I feel like it's their safety valve. If they really have to, well, we'll just run him 30 times in a game.
0: And eventually he's gonna he's gonna find a, a crease. He's gonna go. find a crease. Um part of the reason they've they've <clears throat> had to put points on the board is the defense is not fantastic. And the pass defense Oh god, it's atrocious. It's pretty bad. It's bad. Like if they don't get to the quarterback. It's awful. I was, deni- I was in get denial. Sometimes they quarter. Yeah. I was in denial we all were. for a while. We all were. It was too much but fun it's, to watch. It's bad.
1: <laughs> it's too
0: much. You didn't want to
1: admit it. Right? Didn't want to look at
0: it. So we both see points here. Right? Yeah. Um, this, for a second there, I was intrigued. You know, like you you showed me the way last week by showing a, a big time, you know, ability to call an upset. I would not scoff at anybody putting Marilyn on the money line here this would be no
1: i wouldn't either right i could would, see that happening. it would
0: make a lot of sense but in the end i feel like i still feel that michigan state has got the want to to be able to pull this off mm-hmm. i still don't trust locks in big games like this so i've got michigan state 33 maryland 30 so that's a uh maryland quite an easy cover and at six, I was really hoping this was going to be like a fifty-six or fifty-seven, I know, I know. so I could so I could go over finally and take the Amador lock of the week on that. But I don't know, sixty-three points is a lock, so I'll go over, but just by a little bit.
1: Okay, I'm not far off from you. I've got Sparty thirty-four. I've got Maryland twenty-seven, so that's a pretty easy Maryland cover there. And at sixty-one, that's just actually under. the under. So
0: I'm one point over the over under and you're one point under. And
1: I had to I, so I picked this one before I saw the line. Okay. And then the line came out and I was
0: exactly on the line. So okay. I just had to decide over and under. So I changed that's how good one you point are. and that's how I went. That's how good you are. All right. That big brings us to the big ten game of the week as voted on by the eyes on big listeners. Thank you very much. Forty three percent to forty two percent. That's pretty good. Every almost every week I would say, you know, all but two weeks. I don't even have to. No, we, we both know what the big 10 game of the week is a couple times. We deliberate on this one. We, we deliberated now, ironically, this was my pick. Yours was Iowa, Minnesota. Yes, it was. So, but, and I, we couldn't make up our minds. So thanks. Thanks for helping us out. You
1: want, you want to know what decided it for me? Yeah. When the rankings came out last night and Purdue was ranked, if they were unranked, I'd have been right there with you.
0: The other thing for me too is the ABC game at two 30, you know, I yeah, don't know. Okay. Kind of, kind of air towards that. So what do we got? We got the six and three number 19 ranked Purdue Boilermakers at the eight and one number three ranked Ohio state Buckeyes. Number four ranked, excuse me, Ohio state Buckeyes. This was a two 30 PM game on ABC line Buckeyes by 20 over under 62 Vegas says, 41 to 21 Buckeyes, so that would make sense that 85% of the bets are on the Spoiler Makers. 85%? On the Spoiler Makers. Uh, wow. 80, I, I've been waiting to see your reaction to that. 85%. <laughs> By my website that I checked. Oh, boy. Hey, Okay, quick question, Kurt. Yeah. Who's the best quarterback in this game? <laughs> Aiden uh, O'Connell or C.J. Stroud?
1: I mean, Aiden is is the hotter of the two, obviously. But if I was going to go better, I would take Stroud. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, he's had a better season. And if I just needed one game, you know, best quarterback, I'd go Stroud. But but, but the hotness... I think I'd go opposite. If but, I
0: wanted one game to beat anybody, I'd go Aiden O'Connell.
1: Oh, I don't think I would. No? But at the same time, the, the hotness matters. He's hot. He's got the hot hand
0: right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It plays in, right? It yeah. Is, This is more of a – I'm trying to make this more of a compliment to Aiden O'Connell than it is negative to C.J. Stroud. I had to think about it a little bit. Yeah.
1: I didn't think that long. Yeah, But, I mean, yeah, he's – I think Aiden O'Connell's probably the second-best quarterback in the Big Ten this year.
0: Okay. And you could plausibly make an argument – That maybe is the best you could. Yeah. I mean, I think CJ Stroud when it's all said and done will be first team all big 10 for quarterback, but interesting. I thought it was enough to bring it up. So Ohio state. All right. The Buckeyes, they know what's ahead of them. They completely control their own destiny, not only to win the big 10 championship, but to get to the college football playoffs. They, they went out there in, they are used to this pressure. Okay. Um, what they're doing across the board right now, there is nothing that I can point at that is not only not bad. They're almost everything they're doing is above average right now. Yeah. But so am, am, I being too nitpicky where I think they need to actually start looking better if they're going to go 12 and one. And then especially win a game or two in the college football playoffs, like well, it, like I mean,
1: look better, but I would say specifically look, Better. It hasn't been bad, but better on defense. Look better defensively.
0: So defense is where you'd go. That's
1: my concern.
0: Okay. Uh, I I just valid. don't think it's an elite it's not an elite playoff level defense. You're right. You're right. And I think we've said that on here before. Maybe it's because we know that, that it's not an elite defense that we then expect more out of the Ohio State offense.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Nebraska's got a good defense. Nebraska's not a not an elite defense. You no, know, so are
1: you putting too much stock just in the Nebraska game, maybe? Because they were looking pretty damn good on offense.
0: Yeah, well, Penn State, the last two games, they've played yeah, okay, you're right. yeah, you're two, right. two really good defenses. R- darn good. Not Wisconsin good. No, not elite. Not Georgia good. Mm, good point. Okay, so those very well, Ohio State. Could and by vi- the way, they're playing a pretty good defense this week. Okay, I'm getting there, but like. Ohio State could very well play Wisconsin and Georgia back-to-back games with a gap in between there. If if Wisconsin gets to the Big Ten Championship and Ohio State plays them, and then it works out where Ohio State's the four seed and Georgia's the one seed. Sure. So (laughs) we need to see... Better offensive play from Ohio State starting this weekend versus Purdue.
1: So you're saying if they have a chance to win the college football playoff or make noise even, they have to go for 500 yards and C.J. Stroud's got to throw four touchdowns and Travion's got to have one or two.
0: A lot of that I agree with. I would say that C.J. Stroud doesn't necessarily have to throw for 404. Travion Henderson needs to be a bigger role in the offense moving forward. When 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 Ohio State made the run at the end of the year last year, they suddenly they relied on the running back. Right when Ryan Day's like, oh we, shit, we can run
1: the ball. We also saw it seemed like Ryan Day like embraced the run, like oh this is fun. I, I like I, doing. I, I didn't know I get calling yeah. run
0: plays was that much fun. So Travion Henderson's a young man. I get it, but like that's what I want to see. I I want to see the rushing attack, which then I think will feed into the passing attack mm. against switching over to Purdue. It's a good defense, right? Oh, this is like a top 10 defense. This is a very good defense. It's an
1: excellent defense.
0: So, um, like, I feel like if I was a Purdue fan, I would be a little bit annoyed with the narrative, which is that they just get hot in certain games. Look over their whole schedule. This This has been a good football team from day one. And, and and I have been wrong about them. I need me to. Too. But this has been a good defense from the get-go. The offense has been spotty. spotty. Don't get me wrong. but
1: improved all year. Even in the run game. They've gotten better in the a run. Bit. They've gotten excellent in the pass game.
0: So I guess what I'm saying is I understand the 20-point line. I, I get it. But I I don't think Purdue is just a big boy hunter. Yeah. I think this is a good football team.
1: It's a good football team. But keep in mind, it's also... At Ohio State,
0: I understand, and and, and
1: they are ranked. So and,
0: I know how funny is it that every single Purdue fan across the board did not want to see no. their name come up in the college football rankings.
1: When I want, like I my notes before the <laughs> before the rankings, because I wasn't sure if they'd be ranked. Or and I thought they could be. I certainly didn't think they'd be up at whatever was nineteen. But I'm like, you know, if they're unranked, this is just going to be a huge game. Yeah. You, you, if they're unranked, you have to not necessarily expect a Purdue victory, but.
0: Now I think it's hilarious because obviously the number by your your team name shouldn't or maybe doesn't make a difference. I think it makes a little difference. So you, and what you're you're talking about is the psychology of the football team. Yes. Okay, that's fair. I, I do. I'm okay with that. Um, I would say a bigger factor in it would be it was another big moment for Purdue last week. You typically have a very natural crash.
1: Well, we saw him crash
0: against Wisconsin. Okay. And well, and maybe it was because Wisconsin has a fantastic defense by the
1: right. Way. but they had but but we didn't really remember we kicked ourselves. We were like, we should have seen that. Yeah. should have seen that comment, yeah, but they had just beaten Iowa,
0: yeah, stuff, okay, all right. very i I think we've gotten enough intrigue in this game where tuning in early i is is very exciting for people because. Maybe you get a feel of what kind of game this is going to be right from the get go. Yeah. Is that fair?
1: I think that's probably okay. fair. I All think right. I think for Purdue to really have a shot, they got to come out of the gate hot.
0: I agree. Well, I agree. Or maybe it's not so much that as it is Ohio State can't come out of the gate hot. Okay. 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 I. I I just like at one point the game before was going to be my Amador double barrel mm-hmm. lock of the week Maryland in the points still like that play. I'm just trusting two things. I think Ohio State is great, but I don't think they're elite. I think Purdue is better than what people think they are.
1: But you do you think they're great?
0: I do. I do not think they're great. Yeah, I think I. they're very very good. Yeah. And I think same. they're even ranked at 19. I still think they're a little bit underrated for how people think. So I feel like the general thought process is this. Everybody thinks either Purdue is going to pull off another shocker or Ohio state's going to blow them out. I think it's going to be in between. Oh, we are just going to see Purdue play a hard foot fought football contest and just not have enough to pull it out in the end. So I've got Ohio state 31. Mm. So a good showing by Purdue's defense and I've got Purdue 21, so at only 10 points difference, that's my Amador double barrel lock of the week. And at 52, that's quite a bit under the total, which is another thing I think I'd like.
1: Interesting. Okay, well, I, I did went a little bit similar to you, but then a little bit different than you. I, uh, now, the one thing that scared me is the 85% of the money on the Boilermakers. That's crazy. But I've got a little bit higher scoring game. I've got Ohio State 42, mm. Purdue. 24 so at 18 points that's still a purdue cover but at 66
0: that's an over you're going over okay going over. i would say that is a pretty good lineup of games this weekend people don't so, seem to be quite as geek but i think this is pretty good so that will concur the breakdown but now we've got the nebraska oh yeah that's of right the podcast so all right we, we thought about recording a Nebraska-specific podcast, right, or it happened, we just couldn't get the schedules to align. If you've been living in a cave or under a rock, or perhaps both, Scott Frost was uh, extended, or, or not extended, given the, he, it was he's rest- coming back. It's not a vote of confidence either, it's he's coming back for one year.
1: But it was a restructuring of his contract is really what it comes down
0: to right and if you are thinking have we heard that before we kind of have khaki pants had the restructuring of the contract last year many people thought including the two people recording this podcast that it was going to be just kind of one of the last nails in the coffin Mm -hmm. khaki pants came back hard he did and and it's been with some changes on offense yeah. that rejuvenated things a little bit so
1: well some um, changes though like he elevated someone into co OC he didn't get rid of his offensive staff okay. and he didn't do it before the end of the season that that was a strange one to me was the getting I, rid of the I, whole i thought
0: i thought i would start positive on that there okay. is a somewhat recent okay. in the conference okay I like what you doing here. on on it working like the way this would work is that Scott Frost embraces some things that maybe he hasn't in the past. And essentially, there's enough talent on the roster, because I think me and you both think there is talent on the roster, correct? There's
1: there's no business based on the talent that they should be at the bottom of the West. I mean, they, they can be competing up in the middle or even right. higher, they, they have enough talent to do that. I mean,
0: right now I believe Vegas will predict them to go three and nine. It's safe to say they have enough offense or enough talent across the board offense and defense that they should have more wins than three at the end of the year. I think so. Going. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying for the mix of the positive, there is talent there. If they can retain it, a fresh look on the offense and then getting squeezed down a little bit on the style of play, those things mixed together to wind up being a better looking Nebraska team. I'm trying to manufacture this together on the best way this okay. can look for Scott Frost and Nebraska fans in 2022.
1: Okay. Well, I did, I appreciate you trying that, but there's a big if that you mentioned is if everyone stays, I mean, the, typically when you have this much attrition on a staff, you're going to see players leave. They got to, they got to stop the bleeding. That's now they're.
0: I mean, nobody's left. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, not yeah. But I'm saying in the off season,
0: they got to prevent the bleeding. Is what you're saying? Prevent the bleeding. Okay, okay. all right. So here's a couple things. Like I'm, I'll probably be all, all over the board here, but it, and first of all, like I know I, I won't be able to work completely into this like analogy, but like Nebraska football is like it's like your crazy aunt Genie, you know, like she was hot in her day. She's still a blast at parties, but some people see Jeannie walk in and they're like, oh, it's time to leave. Some people are like, oh, man, this, you know, this party is going to go up a notch. Like, you never know what to expect. And because of it, I can't, I can't take my eyes off him. It's crazy. I don't even know what to say. Okay. You don't have to be a Nebraska fan or a Nebraska hater to find Nebraska. No, they're fun to watch. Okay. They're definitely fun to watch. They're fun to follow. Follow. Yeah. That would would be the way I put it. Okay. Here's one thing that I thought of. <clears throat> obviously Scott Frost wanted to stay in Lincoln, okay? I Maybe that is like, well, duh. And maybe it is a well-duh. But there, there, me and you have had thoughts before. Where we, yeah, okay. not necessarily. Okay.
1: I mean, it, it hasn't gone as well as he had hoped. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's getting a lot of crap at times. So maybe he's like, eh, you know, maybe I just go somewhere where I'm not the, the – the, f- the big fish. The prodigal son, and then yep. I can just – you okay. know, be more anonymous, not maybe anonymous isn't the right word, but, you know, like not all this pressure, like you won a national championship here's a court. You got to do the same as a coach. Like, I don't have to worry about that. Just coach and, and, and play and good football.
0: If he went to another spot, the the how much he was built up when he went from UCF because of the lack of success at Nebraska would naturally just lower the expectations the Absol- next place he would go. Absolutely. So me and you have had those thoughts before. And what I'm getting at is this. He wanted to stay the coach at Nebraska. I you think he know did. why I, you I, do want to know why I know that? Did. Because he's going to come back next year. For less the, money. For less money, because the only way that um Trev Alberts could keep like could manage this is by saying if you want to come back, you're going to have to take a lower pay. Otherwise, you're getting canned now. Correct?
1: I think that's the conversation that went down that's the and, only
0: way you
1: and not only did he take less pay, his buyout got cut in half from 15 million to seven and a half million.
0: So that like you know, you know as far as negotiation is concerned, you always gotta picture yourself, what does this person have to offer? What do I have to offer? Essentially what Trev Alberts had to offer is you get to keep your job for one more year to give this one more shot. Yes. If, Tra- if, if Scott Frost had no interest in that, that's it. That's the end of it is it's time's done. Well, he's and he's literally he walked away with more money
1: with way more money.
0: So that to me is that <clears throat> no, he won't. Scott Frost time. deserves credit for that. He deserves respect for that from Nebraska fans that he, and, and, and when, when Trev Alberts said he had it, he had a quote, That said, in many ways, Scott is betting on himself. I don't believe that was a line. I still believe Scott Frost thinks this thing is close to getting turned.
1: Well, and when you watch them, we've said it many times, it looks like it's close to getting turned. I don't disagree with him when he says that.
0: Okay, so if you're that close to getting things turned, do you fire your offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick... Your offensive yeah. line coach Greg Austin, your quarterback coach Mario Verduzco. and your running back coach Ryan Helm. I guess that the, I guess is, the answer is now that is done. With the the what we now know confirmed Ugh. is that Trev Alberts, who I believe is a little old school, he walked into Scott's office at some point in the last four days or four weeks and said, "You know that Mickey Mouse bullshit offense you're running? That shit's done." <laughs> Kurt, he did. I'm not being facetious. <laughs> I believe it. That's it. That's a good point. So here's here's the problem I have with that. This so- is all Trev.
1: Okay, I believe you. So here's the problem I have with that, though. Obviously, fifth year, he's coming in his fifth year, just took a pay cut. Obviously, he's on thin ice, right? Right. How do you attract a good coaching staff if you if you only have maybe, like the coaches that they're talking to have to know, I may be going to Lincoln for one year.
0: Dude, I mean, literally, look look on my list right here yeah. of things. They they are going to have a challenge in recruiting two different ways.
1: Recruiting's going to be tough too. Just That's another recruiting
0: one is going to be hard. Like yeah. if they are able to retain the kids that are committed now, if, you know, if a kid's got a somewhat similar offer still, it's those guys are going to get those guys are going to get re re-contacted and, here. Let me give you another one. Okay,
1: if they're Bringing in a different style of offense, Doesn't they haven't fit.
0: recruited to that. Doesn't fit it. Defense, is, you, defense is fine.
1: Defense will be fine, but you can't flip that in one year.
0: So, so not only is it, I mean, there's, I've got three forms of recruiting here. You just kind of added a wrinkle to a for a fourth. Yeah. recruiting in general, mm-hmm. the recruits that you have fitting your your yeah. you know, because it was it's different that you've recruited to yeah. Then the other one was recruiting offensive players to stay on your team because they don't fit Correct. what you're going to be doing next. And then the fourth and final recruiting one, which we already kind of alluded to recruiting coaches here because yes. we've already seen what bringing in a somewhat inexperienced, fresh group of five squad looks like it. It looks like what's getting Scott Frost fired. So then you want to go out and get a power five type of offensive coordinator and staff. Don't know how you do it. Where do you get that? Don't know. Now, the rumor, and, and I don't know if he wants me to give his name out, but one of our listeners, LSU is essentially getting rid of their entire football team right now. Yeah. Can you?
1: So you flood the market with these LSU
0: Or at least players, the offensive coordinator who coaches. has Nebraska ties.
1: Okay, if the offensive coordinator has Nebraska ties, but do you want the LSU offensive coordinator?
0: Weren't fantastic at times this year. No. Yeah. I, I'm not I, sure you do. Like – all of this working or not working seems to me that's going to hinge on who that offensive coordinator is and who he brings with them that they're comfortable I mean, with.
1: Obviously that's the big hire, right? There, the because
0: that's the, that's like the only hire. Right. And then because after that, it would sure seem to me that Scott Frost is moving into a CEO type of position. Right. Well,
1: that's what we've heard from Steve Sippel. He mentioned that, which I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess you'd have to if you're bringing a totally different scheme, right? Right. Yeah. Well, why can't Why can't he be quarterback
0: coach? Well, maybe, maybe. I, I don't. Th- I think offensive coordinator and play caller is going to be removed from him. I don't know how he could wind up being the OC play caller for a completely new offense.
1: Maybe he could be a special teams coach. Mm. <laughs> I'm I mean, just saying a, that is that kind is of,
0: interesting. I mean, that gets into. I mean, I hadn't. thought hey, of You probably
1: that. could do it, but it was kind of a joke. Meaning. They need to hire a special teams coach.
0: Okay. So that gets us into like, like if you look at how how, this is, what's intriguing, this will be maybe an off season pie. I'll go through it quickly, but essentially, you know, you start breaking down how you can dole out your coaches and their roles and their duties. I think there's three factors. Number one is your head coach got a position or is he just a CEO? Yeah. Kirk Ferentz is just a CEO. Okay. Right. The next one, three, four or four, three makes a big difference because a three, four, you almost exclusively have two coaches that are coaching the linebackers. You hardly ever see a three, four system. Yeah. Like the outside linebackers, and inside linebackers are basically two different. Sure. Okay. Good point. And then the last one is, do you have a committed special teams coach or not? Yeah. And what's interesting about Nebraska on their defense, their defensive coordinator chins, who now everybody likes, his only role is defensive coordinator. That's one. You don't have a lot of positions to give up. Then they got a D-line coach, two linebackers coach, and a secondary coach. That's five coaches on the defense right there. Do you have enough left over if Scott Frost is just the CEO to have your all your offensive coaches there and then hire a special teams coach?
1: Yeah, because you'd only have four offensive coaches. So. so
0: to me, Scott Frost is in a conundrum right now because he doesn't want to let go – One of the defensive coaches, but really chins should be coaching middle linebackers or outside linebackers to release one of those coaches and open up a spot so that you can hire a special teams coach.
1: So that's a smart thing to do is you have to maybe maybe your special teams coach is one of your defensive coaches
0: or your special teams coaches, which they've kind of tried to do, but. What team screams, I need a committed defensive special teams?
1: Nobody more than Nebraska.
0: So the quote today was a little bit misleading on Twitter. Uh, Scott Frost didn't commit to yes or no for having a special teams coach. I guess that's up to Scott Frost, but I will say this. If he does not hire a special teams coach and they lose the second or third game of the year because of special teams play, he is back on the hot seat immediately.
1: He has to hire a special teams coach. He has no choice. I just... He'd be, if he doesn't hire a special teams coach, he's just really not trying to write the ship. And if he's not trying to write the ship, he doesn't believe that it's close to being righted.
0: But yet, I I don't know if I can completely buy that because he's obviously still there and he thinks know, he can but get it, it to turn. Like if so, we'll he, see. Yeah, we'd like see. he had a chance to leave, right? He, oh, within yeah. the last week or two or whatever, he's he had a chance. Paid fifteen he, he chose, million dollars to do it. Yeah, he right. <laughs> he chose to stay. My guess is he wouldn't have chose to stay if he thought he was literally just going to go down with the ship. No, if he had a chance right. to jump ship, yeah, and he would jump ship. There, sure. he, he would. So he thinks it's there. Yeah, you, you got to hire special teams coach. Absolutely have to. So maybe he can coach quarterbacks. Yes, but not be the. But it's weird that the offensive coordinator is not. You know. It's not always the case. Like the offensive corner could just be like the tight ends coach or something like that. But that is going to be an interesting thing for me to see how that works out. It's going to be fun. And then lastly, I mean, I've gotten DM'd a lot, you know, by Nebraska fans. Like, what do you think? What do you think? I honestly do not know because.
1: What do you think about what?
0: Like, was this a good move for how this went down? Should we retain Frost for another year? Because I tell you what. You have to think, you have to factor in.
1: You fire him. You start all over.
0: And in what is believed to be is going to be a crazy coaching carousel. That's market. right. The, yes. USC, Washington's going to get rid of their coach. It looks like in a matter of hours, if it hasn't already happened, since we've recorded this podcast, uh, uh, LSU, yep. like, and, and those, and those it's are going to start right. Big programs, so when big programs like that. They suck and make a big vacuum. And that's it starts true. Pulling. Then there's all these dominoes, that which is also going to make hiring the offensive staff that much higher, harder. So, um, but but on the same breath, like, churning and burning coaches for Nebraska, that's what they've been complaining about, and rightfully so. It,
1: As someone from I, a,
0: I, My honest answer is I do not know. I do not know. I don't what either. It is. But As someone I, I from a churn and burning program, not, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be there, no. Um, and then, lastly, <laughs> like, what what are these last two games going to, to look like?
1: I mean, I guess they have grad assistants coaching, right?
0: Yeah, so – Scott Frost is going to call the play. So they're not switching the offense sure. now. They sent a message to send the offensive guys. Frank Verducci, former Iowa coach, by the way. He coached when I was at Iowa. He's going to do the O-line. Okay. A guy named Steve Cooper is the quarterbacks, and a guy named Ron Brown is doing the running backs. I think Steve Cooper and Ron Brown are kind of Brad assistant okay. guys. Scott Sean Becton, he remains the tight end coach. Okay. Uh, bought the only position that really grew over the last couple of years. So, But, like... Mm. What, How much will to is going to be in this team? I mean, it's scary. I listened to, I, I can't remember the, the Nebraska guys, but basically they, after going through the press conference the last couple days, they said it felt like it was the last game of the year. Wow. They still have two more games versus Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh-huh. I don't know. We're not going to know what it looks like until they line up to play Wisconsin. Interesting mean, where there's
1: lines. Lines fall for those games.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. That is a good call. Okay, that was a long podcast. We had a lot to cover, though. It's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kirk. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.